0: Oh, 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 oh They've been waiting a long time Just for me to spit on it I make them feel like Grandmaster pick on it South Sally we outside to the grams go Pump pads, keep the pistol
1: by the ammo I got that Faber shine Cause of my Faber grind 16 in the 9 Damn nigga fuck with mine I come through in my Lambo leaning. Convoy, old boy, the cake got yours. Panthers, Ferraris, hard tops, soft tops, riding with the black cock,
0: wings, and shit pop. Oh, you find out it's the same. Besides the day, in the gate nigga, ain't nothing changed. I'm a young Tommy Montana, the new Cold ball. I'm a hustler for real, my nigga, that's all. No fuck with this, never over once you start. front tail my So those swings are my swings. I'm for Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now listening to The Powercast, and we are back. It is 2021, July, as I speak, Um, and we're here to cover another show in the Power Universe, which keeps expanding. Um, I am here with Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you, Richard?
1: Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers?
0: What's up, indeed? And I'm also here with Ms. Dana Abercrombie. How are you doing, Dana? Hello, everyone.
2: Happy to be here finally after 20 years.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good to be back. So, yeah, as you can see, we're all on video now. You know, we're we're up in the production of, of PowerCast. You'll still be able to find us in, you know, all the other places, iTunes, Spotify, you know, direct on the website and, of course, here on YouTube as well um and yeah we have a a new format for the show as well so hopefully it will run a lot smoother um it'll be you know much better listen for you guys and everything and um you know hopefully opens up some interesting dialogue on the show also um so the episode we will be recapping today is um you know episode one of Raising Canaan, and the episode is called Back in the Day um and yeah you know this is this was the premiere episode we all have some very interesting takes on this. You know, um, there are a lot of noticeable differences with this show and power itself, but of course, it's all connected. So, you know, we're here to give our takes on on you know raising Canaan episode one. So, um, the way this is going to work is, you know, first of all, I'm going to go to each member of the cast here and just ask them for their takeaways of this episode in particular. Um just, you know, just let me know um, you know, three three to four takeaways or it could be more than that if you want to, you know, um, of what you, you know, what you took out of the episode and what stood out to you and everything like that. And then, you know, after we've all given our takeaways, I'll ask some, you know, questions just to expand and then, you know, um and that's it, you know, pretty much. Um and you know, uh, there's no, we haven't seen any trailer, any preview trailer just yet at the time of recording this. But if one does come out, you know, we'll, we'll address that as well. Um, you know, on, on the next episode, we might have that. So yeah, that's the way it's going to run. So let's get right into these takeaways. So, you know, just to keep things flowing, I'm going to go first this time, you know, so first episode. I'm the host and everything. So my takeaways from episode one of Raising Kanan so uh first of all when um so the the opening you know segment of the show it sees you know Kanan on the playground and everything at the at the basketball court and he's he's in some sort of fight right with uh with his peers and, um, you know, he he does fight at first, but then ends up getting whooped a little bit. And, you know, of course, Jukebox is there and everything as well. Um, but what happens is, you know, and, th- and this is in 1985, by the way, you know, um, which is a few years before. It's five years, well, six years before, like, the, the actual story takes place. Um, and that's also the year I was born as well. So very significant. But, um, but yeah, so Kanan is very young at this time um so he runs away from from the fight and goes all the way home we see his mother for the first time uh we see the person that you know his mother is dating at this time as well um and you know immediately it's clear you know who the the type of person his mother is like she's a very strong individual um and you know she actually yep there you go there's the picture on the screen right now um so yeah great character by the way uh i loved her in the show um so yeah you know kanan um you know he tells his mother what happened at the playground and everything she she sees him you know kind of kind of shook up and and you know sort of crying a little bit and you know her response to this is to grab a sock and uh what, what did she put in it was it like batteries or something And she she put some batteries in the socks. She gave it to him. And she said, look, we're going back there right now to finish this. You know, she takes him right back to the playground. And, you know, he he finishes the fight, you know, with the socks and the batteries. Like, he whoops those kids, like, while she stands there and watches. Um, And, you know, when I saw this as the opening scene, it really set the tone and it kind of um stood out to me a lot because this is actually what 50 cent talks about in his own life story in his relationship with his his own mother um you know because i've read his autobiographies there's two of them um and yeah this is this is stuff that actually happened you know at that time at that point in time in in Southside, jamaica queens so, you know, that was a great way to open the show because it, it set the tone and it also showed that this, you know, Canaan's story is, is gonna have a lot of parallels with 50 Cent's life, it seems like, you know, because Jamaica Queens, that is where he grew up. We know that there was some parallels between, you know, the, the, um, adult Canaan and 50 Cent. You know, um, particularly you know when he he was having issues with his son, his oldest son, and everything. You know, just like real life. Um, and people were saying he was sending sub- subliminal messages with with what happened um, in power. You know, but um, yeah, I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of parallels, you know, uh, to Fifty Cent and this show, um, especially given the time frame and everything. And I, I think he's he's able to pull from his his own life experiences a lot. And although this is fiction, I think we're, we're going to see a lot of reality. Um, and the reason, and another reason I say that is because um, I noticed uh, Raquel, who is his mother, you know, Rack, when she was talking to Uncle Lulu and stuff, they were using the 5% language, which is, you know, a real thing in New York. Like it's, you know, the 5%, you know, um, it's like a real sort of a... Uh, I don't know if you would call it a group, but it's like a, it's a code of ethics. You know, it's a way of life for, for many people, especially back then who grew up in New York. Um, and a lot of, you know, popular drug dealers from the time, drug kingpins, um, they, they used that, the 5%, you know, um, lingo that they were using. So even stuff like that felt very authentic because we, We've never seen that referenced in, in a TV show like that before. So um, I appreciated little little details like that. Um, that you know that made it feel very real. So that that's my first takeaway. Um, so you know because just to expand on that, just because of you know the similarities between Kanan and Fifty Cent, you know the person in real life. It makes me scared for what's going to happen to one of the best characters in the show, which is Raquel, you know, because we know what happens with 50 Cent story, right? We know what happens with this life story. I'm not going to say anything. You know, if you if you catch that, then you catch it. You know, I don't want to break anyone's heart just yet. So I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to come out and say it just yet. But yeah, it makes me very scared for what might happen because because she is such a great character in this show. Um, so yeah. Um and then, you know, also um it seems like, you know, because we know that Jukebox is in this and she played a huge role in some of the later seasons of power, you know. Um and it seems like we're gonna see her story in this expanded on. And I think we're gonna see a much more human side of her because The Jukebox in the main power series, um, she came across as a little too violent, a little too bloodthirsty. You know, um, she didn't have a lot of dimensions or layers to her in in the power show. But in this, it seems like, you know, we're really gonna get more depth to who Jukebox really was and what made her, you know, uh, become the person she is. And of course, that's the whole point of this show with Kanan, we're gonna see that with Kanan too but you know by extension we're also going to see what happens with jukebox and that's what i like too because you know they're they're two characters we're familiar with in the main series of power um so it's going to be very interesting to watch both of them you know and how their lives play out um and you know i i enjoyed seeing you know how you know because we know we know jukebox in the main power she was you know um she was into women and we got to see you know some of the origins of that in this in this show so i kind of like that you know um i like how they did it it was very subtle as well um and I, because we're looking at you know younger people they can't really do what they did in the main power show you know um there, i mean there still was some sexy in this episode but it we're, we're only gonna see that from the older people in the show right so I liked just the subtleness of that moment with Jukebox and, you know, the young girl, just the subtle way that, you know, they held hands and everything. I, I felt that was very, very well done. Um, it wasn't too much in your face or anything like that. It just, you know, it was just a moment. And I enjoyed that. Like, this show has very human moments, considering, you know, um, that it's it's a very brutal urban sort of story and climate. You know, it's, it has a lot of human moments to it, so I appreciated that. Um, and then, um, and then, you know, my, my my next takeaway, and this is this will probably be my last one because I'm I'm keen to hear what you two are gonna have. Um, but you know, I'm very surprised that they decided to to have Kanan take a life this early into the show. Um, and the reason I say that is because We know that Kanan is a killer We know that he's gonna, you know, he turns out to be A cold-blooded killer Like, he doesn't care about anyone Like, the price of life is cheap to him You know, um, when he grows up And everything But to see him take a life In episode one, it's like Cause you, you want, like You want Kanan to be likable In this um, you want him to have some sort of redeeming qualities, right? Uh, it seemed like that's what they were trying to do with this, like show a more human side, show um, what, you know, led him down the wrong path and everything. Um, but to have him kill someone out the gate, it's like, wow, he's he's basically already Kanan, like almost. It's like he's he's already killing now. Like, you know, I thought they were going to build up to that moment he's taken a life already. And you know, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Um, you know, it 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 went it went against what I was expecting, but it's not a bad thing. I guess, in a way, it just says like, you know, this is who he's always been. And you know, um, it only gets worse from here, you know, and we see how the show ended. Um, and we see how much of an influence his mum has over him and the fact that you know she is the main driving force of why he did what he did. so this you know doing it this way actually you know um makes the connection between him and his mum stronger in a way to know that you know she is the reason why he did this like she you know she drove him to want to do that at such a young age so um you know the, that that is, 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 is in a way it's a great thing they did that but i'm just shocked by it you know that's all uh but yeah those are my main takeaways for episode one back in the day so i'm gonna go ahead and go to uh you next rich so what are your takeaways from this episode of
1: power uh those were some excellent takeaways um I agree with a lot of points that you made. Uh, I think I have main, mainly about three main takeaways from the first episode. So first and foremost, I have to say this, uh, Courtney Kemp and 50 Cent, they have done an exceptional job capturing the 90s as well as the characters themselves. Now I know Dana interviewed Makai Curtis, the interview is currently on YouTube, uh, and she brought up a very good point mannerisms the mannerisms that he uses as a character and you think about how 50 cent was portrayed as kanan and even how jukebox was portrayed like you could tell that the actors and the actresses they did their homework on the characters that they are portraying as younger versions but so you, you really do feel as though it is believable that this is kanan as a kid and these are some of the things that he went through so i think uh it goes without saying they definitely deserve high praise for that. And the point I made about the 90s, like, I thought about the scene when they were in the arcade playing the video games and, you know, having pizza. It actually was a pizza shop with, with the arcade, Street Fighter uh, arcade cabinet in there. That made me think about when I was a kid and I would go to the pizza shop uh in Boston. And yeah, there would, once again, be an arcade cabinet in there as well. So certainly made me reminiscing go back to those those times in my childhood uh i find it interesting gary you mentioned you was born in 1985 i was actually born in 1982 so uh i but i do i do recall um a lot of the things they showed in the 90s yeah i i remember all of that as a kid and becoming a teenager and stuff like that so i think they've done an excellent job so far in this episode capturing the 90s capturing what people wore how they looked the music that they played all of that stuff is is fantastic so they definitely deserve some praise for that um and i know Dana's showing back when uh kanan was uh when he got into his fight even they captured that timeline perfectly as well um so yeah i i, I definitely wanted to say that i appreciate that first and foremost that that's definitely my first takeaway the other takeaway I want to mention is that I know, Gary, you mentioned the dynamic between Kanan and his mom, Raquel. You made excellent points. And I would also add that that dynamic reminded me a lot of what we saw in the regular power, power series between Tariq and Tasha. Because if you recall, towards the end, uh Tasha wanted Tariq to not go down the same path that his father went down but Tariq was adamant that he found out he was good at doing this stuff and that's the path that he wanted to stay on and I felt that that was very intentional that that dynamic is also explored in this because for me it gives me a deeper perspective as to why Tariq looked up to Kanan in the first place because Kanan has very different simi- you know similarities as a character in terms of stuff that he's gone through from what we've seen so far so um i'm glad they put that in there because it, it adds more because i know we had jokes before on power casts all this, the, the stuff about hey, maybe Tariq is actually kanan's son no of course that isn't the truth the truth at all but yeah it makes you think about those those things for sure and i'm glad they put that dy- dynamic in there to explain for those that maybe haven't seen power or they may want to go back and watch power then they'll notice right away yes there are similarities with those relationships so, I appreciated that. Um, and the final takeaway that I wanted to mention is uh, I really like the family dynamic of the show. The fact that there are all these other characters we didn't really know much about, we didn't really know anything about, like, you know, Rock's brothers, Lulu and, and Marvin. And, you know, right now you can see that, you know, their family dynamic, obviously they're, they're doing their thing out there on the street, but now they have an issue with Unique uh played by joey badass which once again did an exceptional job as this character i'm looking forward to seeing as things start to set off with this turf war that they have going on but i just think uh the family dynamic is is really strong you when you hear as kanan does the narration or 50 cent kanan etc does the narration of the character telling you all these 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 hints about his family members how they're strong you know Marvin is always eating food every time you see him he's always eating something right um just to basically give you a a snapshot of what's going on with the family and and unfortunately Gary as you mentioned yes we know what happened with 50 cent in his life so it makes you fear for what may happen to his to his uh, mother but i want to take it a step further and say because we now know that there is a turf war going on and that Joey Badass aka Unique Is gonna try and do as much as he can to level the playing field and make sure that he has all the control. I wouldn't, I would not be surprised if there comes a point in the time where he actually gets close to one of her brothers and tries to use that brother to his advantage. Because one thing that you and I know from when we saw, we saw snowfall. We talked about snowfall a couple months ago. And then now they have this whole thing going on with Jerome and the fact that uh Jerome and Lou want to do their own thing. They're all in the same family with Franklin, but they want to do their own thing. And the question is, how is that going to impact the family dynamic? The fact that these characters are nowhere to be found in, in the regular Power series tells me that things are probably not going to end well for a lot of them. Um And of course, the stuff you mentioned about Jukebox, how that character is portrayed, there are definitely reasons as to why her and Kana ended up the way that they are and we're finally going to see the full picture as to what happened but i definitely expect a lot of tragedy uh i expect a lot of bad things to happen of course there'll be some positives as well and i do expect them to eventually take out unique but what happens uh between now and then is i'm very intrigued to see uh but i will say first episode was fantastic i say if i was to ever do a show this is exactly how you do an excellent intro show because in that one hour of showtime, I learned so much about the characters that I sometimes will, it will take a whole season to watch a show and just learning stuff about certain characters towards the end of the season. Loki, for example. Uh, Yeah, one episode, I learned everything that I needed to know about certain characters and it made me intrigued to see what happens next. So I have to give them props. And I look forward to seeing what comes after this that's my takeaways
0: oh yeah yeah and 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 just to add on to that like because I think the first half of this show was it was kind of slow but it was slow in a good way because we were learning about you know the characters and what's been happening and stuff um but I think the way they they took the time to build up I think like we're in for a treat in the next you know few episodes after Mm -hmm. because now they've laid all the groundwork already so i can't wait but um dana you know get us with your takeaways of episode one back in the day
2: back in the day well basically you guys touched upon the time period era and i absolutely love what they did with the visual with the visuals how they dressed everyone it really felt like the 1980s environment i was not born there but i've seen movies so yay good job with that part another thing to stand out was patina miller who play raquel um the relationship i know you guys are kind of comparing it to Tariq and uh the woman i cannot remember her name for some reason but um you're comparing it to Tariq and Tasha. tasha, tasha. Wow, it's been so long since we saw the show. Mm-hmm. So Tariq and Tasha, but for me, I didn't view that at all. And this is no shade towards the previous powers or to um, the actress, Notori Norton who plays you know the, the, the person, sorry, Tasha. But to me, Raquel, she stands on her own. She stands, she's way elevated than Tasha And even you would, uh, Mary J. Blige's character, whose name I cannot remember because it's been so long since we saw power, but (laughs) she is on a whole stratosphere. And when, you know, they was talking about in the opening where they was saying that she learned everything from the boyfriend, uh, right there that you guys see, it really felt that he, I don't want to say trained because it's not right, but he taught her how to be a queen pen, not just a worker but how to be in control of everything and we saw that go down because you later on we'll discuss about the the mistake and the misunderstanding uh, later on with the episode but to me it felt like this is a woman who is not doing this because this is the way to make mo- just to make money but to me I you, kind of you can view it as this is my career you know I, I am in here for the, the legit power to run everything so right there that was just a true standout. I loved, I know you guys are saying that they introduced a lot of characters at first, and they did. But they really did lay the groundwork about this is family. And, you know, we can easily, because we've seen power, and we've seen shows that are like power, and movies like power. Even we look at The Godfather, you know, we all know that that's going to implode, and that relationship is not going to be what it is in that first episode. But I really loved the scene where they was, I think the pizza shop it was, where everyone was just gathered around together, like, yeah, that's Uncle Marvin, and that's Lulu, and that's over there's who that is, and then you introduce with the cafeteria Mm -hmm. scene, and it introduces the characters. Usually for me, voiceover, I can't stand it, because I like showing instead of telling, but to me, it just really worked. The narration just was like, let me introduce you to my world. These are my friends, this is my family, this is my overall support system. And also in relation to Tariq, and again, this is no shade to the previous power, um, it showed how we, we were being told that Tariq is really smart, right? But this really showed how adamant Uh, Raquel was to get Tariq, not Tariq, sorry, to get Kanan into a better life. It was shown that, hey, this is the high school that I went to. This is kind of the generational poverty that I went here, so now you have to go here, and it creates that generational kind of stuckness. And how she is trying to get her son, at the time it was Stuyvesant, which just opened. That's a, for those who don't know or not in New York City, that's a real school. That's a school for people who are extremely smart and talented, um, and you have to take a test in order to get in. It's a gifted school, and it showed that you know this is someone who is smart, but he purposely flunked something in order to stand by his mother. He purposely decided, not let me go down, you know, the path of the corporate man or the corporate way that I know that you want me to be. But I'm going to stand by your side. And yes, they show that in relation to Tariq and Tasha. But to me, it seemed like their bond was just even stronger. You know, we, when we had like, there wasn't a ghost to kind of whip his behind and say, you know, you're going this way. To me, it just kind of felt like this is what I decide to do. And the mother, while, you know, she is upset with the choices that's being made. In the same way, I kind of feel that she respected him for doing what he did. And that is the massive difference between this show and the previous powers, where it's a mutual respect for each other. And, you know, everybody always said, we said previously, why don't you just whip that boy? Whip Tariq. You need to beat him already. This seems like he's willing to learn. Tariq was like, no, I know everything. And this one, we'll we'll go into later, he made a mistake. But he's still wanting to learn from the mistake in order to, to be better. So that was, to me, one of the main takeaways. And also, I really loved how there were certain quotes from the show Where we're like, you know, explain like, you know how it ended. We all know what's going on, like that Black Widow situation. We know what happens to the end, but you have to pay attention to what happens in between because the choices that I may make here actually goes back and impacts what happens in, in the future. So it's a really great parallel for both of the shows, and I was interviewing Sasha Penn, who is the creator and the showrunner, and he was explaining how he wanted those to tie. It's a separate show on its own, where you don't have to watch the other powers, but he wants you to understand where Kanan's mindset is and how it evolves and how it can change uh, throughout this show and how you get to the Kanan that's the adult now we see that ruthless killer. And you know you mentioned before where you were surprised that you saw him uh, kill someone right away. To me, that just shows the kind of path that he is willing to take. And he's willing to stand up and do that. You know, with Tariq, he was like, oh my God, I killed someone. And him like, you know, reflecting upon him. Ugh. We kind of see that he doesn't have those emotions right away. We don't know if it's delayed or if it'll ever come, and that's what you you can argue. You well, maybe he's a psychopath, but you know that to me just makes the characters stand out. Where it isn't a stereotype. Oh, he's the first kill. Why are you crying all over? But no, you he, he, he just. I liked how they just did it right away, and I believe that this series is only around ten episodes or so. So you got to get the ball rolling right away. We're not gonna be here for like episode twenty five. So I really like how they just kind of did everything right away. So that was that was basically everything that I well, the quick things that I wanted to say, and you know, there was a lot of symbolism as well that goes um, with this episode that we'll dive into later.
0: Awesome, yeah, great great takeaways um, from you know from both of you. Um, so yeah, you know, uh, we we spoke a lot about you know our thoughts on the show. Uh, there are some additional questions for us to address, um, and, and this might be where the show gets a bit juicy. So, <laughs> so let's see, let's see what happens. Um, so, uh, the, the, the the burning question I have, like the biggest, the biggest one that comes to mind, is: Do you see any betrayals coming in? You know, this season of Raising Canaan, and if so. Who do you see betraying, you know, Kanan or his mother? You know, so uh, we'll go with you first, Rich. What do you think?
1: Well, in the very first episode, we got introduced to Kanan's friend, Famous. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I, I definitely think that we're going to see some issues with Famous because his sister, you know, when they went to that diner, Lulu already was trying to holler at her. And you saw in this episode, he told him, I don't want you, listen, I don't want your uncle messing around with my sister. Uh So I, you know, I, I somehow believe that something's going to happen to that sister. And something might end up happening to Famous as well. But that dynamic is going to be a little fractured because, you know, Lulu is involved. And now that uh because of the mistake that Kanan has made, pretty much I think everybody, obviously, Kanan, they, you know, you know, Unique said at the end of this episode, they were still going to keep coming after Kanan no matter what. Even though they tried to work out something where you don't come after him, it, it's it's all out war now. So I kind of feel like the whole family is now, they need to watch their backs. So if Famous' sister happens to be with Lulu, you know, somewhere, and it just so happens that some of these guys show up and start shooting and she gets killed, that creates a problem. So we definitely have a clue that that's going to be an issue moving forward. Um, The other last point that I will make is that I think Dana, she did an excellent job explaining the importance of Raquel as a character. And I think that she is in control. I kind of get the sense that I don't know if it's going to be with Lulu or Marvin. One of them might start to question, you know, her being in, in control and they may think she may be starting to lose control and i can see that that's why i mentioned earlier that i can see something happening where one of them does turn on her maybe they don't necessarily turn on her in 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 a certain way but they maybe work out a deal with unique to do something i mean i can see that happening and i wouldn't be surprised about that because again kanan as a character we know how he was on power and every time i think about when you look in, in, into how far he would go to do something, we have to acknowledge he killed his own son, Sean. And I'm pretty sure at, at some point in this show, whether it's season two or further down the line, at, if it keeps getting renewed, we're going to see when he actually does have Sean as, as his son and how that relationship also becomes fractured. But what I think is that because he was willing to do that to his own son, I, I can only think, well, he does this but what about what did he experience before that that's why i believe that a family family member definitely can turn on another family member um but again it's how it all comes together so we'll see but i will definitely say if that doesn't happen the stuff with famous is definitely going to get out of hand and his and his sister and lulu so i i expect that to happen it's just a matter of when is it going to happen but you saw it started in this episode so we'll see what, what what uh happens from
0: here right yeah um for me um i i I agree with like i do think one of the uncles might end up you know um whether intentionally or unintentionally they might end up training um rack and kanan you know and a way that this could happen is maybe cooperating with one of the other you know drug kingpins or something you know um it, it could even be, you know, unique or something. Um so I, I think that is a, a huge possibility for sure. And um another person who I'm a bit skeptical of is um I forgot the name of the character, but Kanan has a friend, you know, that um that you know seems to, to, to be willing to do anything with him. The it's the same guy he was with when he, you know, when he took out Buck. Yeah uh, Do you remember the mm-hmm. name of that character
1: Uh I'll pull up that name But continue
0: Oh uh, yeah Yeah So So yeah I'm I'm thinking You know I don't know why But it's Just I think it's just the way They introduced him Like the way 50 introduced him He was like Yeah This is my dude He's down for anything Um And the thing is, the difference between That guy and Famous, like the way He introduced Famous, it felt like Famous is gonna be You know, he's gonna be like the cool guy Who kind of balances out, you know The characters and everything I think I think he's gonna end up being You know, um, a a strong Support system For Kanan, even if there is some friction With the sister and everything Um, And You know, that other dude, it just feels like There's not much to him so I feel like he might be there to be like, you know, um to, to, to betray Kanan
1: later on or something. So. his name is D
0: Wiz. D Wiz,
1: right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I, I'm thinking D Wiz might betray him, might backstab Kanan later or yeah.
1: something.
0: So um and and just to, you know, add on to the point about, you know, the uncles um feeling like Uh, Rack might not be making the best decisions and stuff. We see that, you know, Raquel is, um, she was, she was dating that guy from the, from the club or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. She went on a date, they were talking, they had a vibe going. So I, I feel like maybe that's something that might take her head out of the game a little. Um, and that might, you know, question her judgments later on or something. Um, and then that might cause the uncles to, to think that, you know, she's not she's not um fit to, to run the organization and, and that might lead to one of them betraying her, you know. So there, there's there's a lot of possibilities like that. But um how about you, Dana? Do you see any characters betraying, you know, Kanan or his mother?
2: Um, in terms of betraying, you know, I do See someone from the crew, someone where he was going and explaining who was who, who was part of the crew. Um, I, for some reason, I don't seem to trust Sean. I can't, I can't pinpoint it, but I, I don't trust Sean. And then because we kind of already knows what happens with jukebox, the hardening of jukebox, and we know that she ends up working for the police department, but it's like an inside thing. Um, I kind of feel that, you know, we're kind of exploring her relationship with that white girl whose name I can't remember, I'm sorry, but we're, we're exploring that relationship. I don't think that it's going to end well, and I do feel it's going to harden her, and she's going to start making choices that may seem more cold-blooded. Um, and especially because she's very close with what's going on in the whole gang thing. She's on the inside, but I do feel that she's going to start making, making more hardcore choices and maybe for a minute go out on her own and do something. Maybe not right now in, you know, in the first five episodes, but I think we'll eventually get there. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, and I hey, don't trust
2: anyone's uncle. I don't trust no uncles.
1: And I don't trust,
2: here's the thing, when it comes to the uncle, I don't trust Lulu because I don't trust right hand mans. You know too much information. So Mm -hmm. you're gonna actually do something that's a side deal. You're gonna try to cross something. I don't trust the right hand man. No, no, no. And
1: and if I could add one more point to that, anyone that knows Lulu and knows that actor, there's another show that he was on (laughs) where he was considered an associate and turned on his boy so yeah that's not a good uh look for him if if okay. this is the same path that uh <laughs> this character is going down <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: and I i know okay. that you said previously that you know a man is gonna end up distracting Ra- raquel i hope that she is just not that kind of woman she doesn't seem like she's the kind of person who's going to be distracted by a man because if you looked at her previous relationship with the guy who died a week later remember they were explaining oh i really liked him and then he died um, I feel that she, maybe he, somewhere, them, it hardened her towards not being that. I want to say stupid because you can't say that anymore, but, um, smarter than that to so not like, oh, it's man in the tension. No,
0: or, or maybe right. she will just be more calculating. Cause I, I do think, you know, everybody wants some company sometimes but maybe maybe she she's strong enough not to let it you know affect her decision making yeah.
2: oh, because then we're getting into tasha territory we know how dead that little dum-dum now
1: <laughs> and, uh, can, can i ask a quick question uh yeah the, the guy the one you're talking to the the former guy his name is high post yeah. ah okay uh do y'all think that we'll get a flashback to what as to to show what happened to him
2: i don't want to know what happened to him i want to know the whole how he was teaching her and their relationship with that
0: yeah i I, I would i would like to see what happened to him because that that could be relevant you know
1: yeah yeah because i i I wondered that because i was wondering when they started the show and you show like 1985 yep then it jumps ahead in time to 1991 i will be curious to know what happened to this character especially as as dana said he he probably was there he played a role in teaching rock a lot of things getting her prepared with the mindset so on and so forth so i will be curious to see what happened to this guy um but we'll see because again this is a show about Canaan, so and they may not go back to that but we'll, we'll see
2: well in 91 didn't they not say like a quick thing like they either retaliated
1: they, they they said that he got killed cause, yeah Remember had said in in the uh you know when he was talking about he said he'll be, he, when he was talking about the character he said yeah he'll be dead a year later right So uh and, and i and, and we do know that unique also was talking about him as well when he had the conversation with rock the fact that he's not around anymore and all this other stuff so i i would be curious to know that and then also there was comments made about kanan's father and how he used to run things as well but yet I, I like i said i don't know if we'll find out about that character it's not necessarily important because now it's about Canaan and what happens at this period of time as he already said but i just was curious when they spoke about that stuff if that's something they may revisit even ever so slightly for just a little bit Yeah. yeah.
0: and um one thing i would like to see and this is just me imagining stuff but like um because you know 50 cent never knew who his father was right and we're talking about how there's a lot of parallels here um so and you know there's a show that me and rich often talk about called the wire you know it's one of our um and one thing i really love about that show is um there's two characters who are connected and it never happens on screen. It, you have to pay attention to realize. So the two characters I'm talking about are Randy Wagstaff and Cheese. Um, so there's a scene where, you know, you see Randy's name, um, you know, on, on like a, a document, like, a, you know, social security document or something like that. Right. An official uh, document. And you see, like, his full name, right? And it's the same name as Cheese's Cheese's real name. So it's, like, Cheese, it could be his dad, right? So Mm -hmm. I I like little things like that because they never actually mention it, but you just see that detail, you know, if you're paying attention. So I, I would like them to do that in this, you know, as far as, you know, the mystery behind who Kanan's dad is. Like, you know, I would like for it to be, like, a subtle kind of reference or something that we have to catch. Like that would be, you know, a great way to, to to handle that. But, you know, I don't think we necessarily need to see his father because, you know, the point of this is, you know, his his bond is so strong for his mother because she she's done everything for him. She's been, you know, she's given him, you know, discipline like a father would. She's taught him life lessons like a father would, and then and then she's also nurtured him and cared for him like a mother would also. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole point of this show, you know, I think. So we don't necessarily need to see the father um, and and also it's a testament to how you know broken a lot of families are you know especially around that time you know there, that was the crack era so there are actually a lot of you know children being raised without their parents or you know with one parent you know be it the father or the mother so so you know it's, it's, a, it's, it's a testament to what things were really like so um yeah. Um, so my, my next question, actually, you know, we, we kind of touched on this. Um, Dana, you know, she, she doesn't trust him, she said. But I wanted to ask you guys what you make of Famous and Sean and what his role will be. Um, you can also discuss his sister as well. Um, so, so, yeah, Dana, we'll start with you. you. You said you don't trust him, but is there any particular role you kind of see him or his sister playing later on in the series?
2: I think that they will take more of an important role. Um, especially, you know we, know, we know that there's going to be some kind of gang turf going on. Um, we know that it was perpetuated accidentally by Kanan. So I do feel that they're going to have to end up taking the lead more. And because of that, I don't know how well the communication is going to be with Raquel. And so there may end up being some side things that end up happening because of that. But I do see them taking that authority well you know if she can do it i can do it also kind
0: of way okay and how about you rich
1: you, you're talking about famous the the rapper or are you talking um, about lulu
0: i'm talking about sean you know the the puerto rican friend his nickname yeah, is yeah, famous, famous.
1: Right? Fa- yeah this is the yeah. nickname yeah yeah uh well you know Okay, I, I, you know I hadn't made notes. His sister's name is Jessica. All right. Uh, I really think it all hinges on what happens with Jessica and, and, and Lulu at this point, and and not necessarily it, it could be something whereas you know because they are in this whole turf war thing, it could be something whereas you know Lulu spends some spends some time with Jessica. They go their separate ways, and then one of those gang members threatens you know sees her and, and threatens her um and once of course famous finds out about this then he may be persuaded to have to try and do something to protect his sister because it's obvious that he does not want her messing around with lulu uh and you know even you know i believe it was jukebox made the joke about you know well, well you know she was you know she she's gonna do what she want to do. She she you know probably said she wasn't built for this life, but she she's gonna do whatever she wants to do. So I kind of feel like you know that he's very protective of his sister, and that right there is gonna be an issue that I think uh, this is reason why they they made they showed you this early on that this is gonna possibly become an issue because he does not want Lulu messing around with her at all. And you have to recall in this episode after they left the diner. And there was that shoot, that you know, that that, that 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 the gun shooting in the air, and the fact that he protected her, he made sure to shield her from any of that. And then you see the lines she had after: "Oh, no one's ever done that for me." So this tells you this is going to get deep between those two, and Famous will not like that, and it's not going to end well. It's just a matter of what is the path they're going to take to actually tell that storyline, because it could be something where he just turns on them. It starts to work with Unique uh, and his crew, um, but we'll have to see how it actually unfolds. But it something's definitely coming. We know that much for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, great points uh, raised, and yeah, like it, it could. I think Sean could turn. You know, his his character could turn so easily. You know, um, just by you know the whole sister thing. Um, like, cause let's say, you know, Uncle Lulu and, and the sister go out on a date or something. And then at the same time, you know, um, Unique's people, you know, try to get revenge for what happened with Buck or something, right? And they, they start shooting and, you know, um, Sean's sister ends up getting hit, you know, that, you know, it, depending what, what her fate will be at that point, that could, you know, make Sean want to get revenge, you know, for what happened. And then, you know, his character will, will turn, like he'll become, you know, an ultra violent. He'll be pulled into the lifestyle along with them, you know, at that point because he'll, he'll want revenge for what happened. Um, so, so yeah, like, uh, that's the character I want to watch closely to see what kind of path they take. You know, we know that he, he's a, he's an inspiring rapper, but, um, he's not very good according to Kanan. <laughs> So, um, but yeah um, It's an interesting character, I want to see what kind of role Sean is going to play In this, so I guess we'll have to wait and see But yeah, some, some good takes from both of you um, So the last question I had And then, you know, you guys could uh, you, you guys can bring up some stuff if you want to um, Last question I had Is, you know, in light of What happened um, So we know that Kanan killed Buck and we know that Unique's crew isn't too happy about that. Um, they shot outside of, you know, Kanan's home. Luckily, Kanan wasn't hit. Um, and, you know, his mother bravely went to go and see, you know, Unique about this situation. And he said that, you know, I can't be responsible for anyone wanting to to get back at, you know, Kanan for, for what happened, you know. But he he's going to do his best, I guess, because they have an arrangement. But he, he can't be you know Fully responsible so That suggests that somebody is gonna Try and get get revenge For Buck right So I wanna ask you guys you know We saw at the end of the episode Rack was you know Essentially you know um, Teaching Kanan a lesson You know with, when they were shooting the guns And everything at the beach You know she was telling him you know Every time you use that gun you know A bullet comes out that That You know, it has your name on it, it's attached to you, and the consequences are yours for that bullet. You know, so she was trying to teach him that lesson, right? So that suggests that, you know, she's trying to harden him and she she wants him to feel comfortable using the weapon because he he might have to protect himself because people are going to come, right? Um, But that there's something she can do to kind of help the situation, and that is to move Kanan away from everything. So I want to ask you guys, do you see Rack potentially moving Kanan away from what's going on or trying to at least, you know, cause we, we, we know that even if she moves him away, he might find his way back or he might come back somehow, right? But do you think that that is going to be, you know, something she considers? Because that's the most logical thing to, to think of, right? Let's just, let's just get him away from here so nothing can happen to him. Um, but do you think she is going to make that decision? You know, we, we, we know that Kanan referenced having a, uh, having grandparents or a grandmother somewhere. So, uh, what, what, do you guys think? Like, do you think, um, she will try to, you know, send him away? What do you think, Rich?
1: Uh, I think this episode was her attempt to try and send him away, but then coming to the realization that he's going to do what he wants to do so if he's going to do what he wants to do i might as well guide him down that path uh so i don't know if she's going to you know go back on that in the future episodes um but i kind of feel like it really depends how bad things get because if the situation escalates and you know you see family certain family members getting killed then i can see trying to get him away from that but i i kind of feel like either way he's gonna he this is what he decided he wants to do so he's gonna always find his way back but i do think in this first episode that that was the attempt to send him away but she just decided after talking with him thinking it over and then of course having her brothers also say the same thing she just decided no he's he's gonna do what he wants to do so he might as well stay here but we'll see if that changes as the episodes continue. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, and what about you, Dana? What do you think about that?
2: No one remembers this very important detail and it was amazing and I watched it and I was like, oh yes, this again is what separates Tariq from Canaan." When the whole episode, the end part where she's teaching him how to shoot, right? It, it says here um, that there was the whole thing about the symbolism where it says, they are gonna be running from a bullet forever? Mm -hmm. And she's teaching him how to shoot. There's a moment in the camera, he smiles with glee. And his mom catches that. And she's like, oh shoot. Like even she's like, oh, what did I (laughs) raise? So that right there is the difference between Tariq and Kanan. Tariq is all talk, Kanan is action. Even then it goes back to when he did his first kill. There's that glee. Remember when we saw that there was that scene where it says, get the strap, which I love how they incorporated yeah. that. Because, <laughs> because he said, all he says is get the strap. So I'm like, yes. But that scene or that moment where he looks in and his eyes is all like, yes, it's all glassy. And in that little squint, there's no place that right there was the test. And, you know, he could have easily said no. But the fact that he didn't say anything but smiled, he's ready. There's, there's no reason to send them anywhere. He's ready to stake his claim, you know? And I think that it also says that, you know, that it's, he's, remember there was a part where they they kept saying, well, there's people that's coming from you and you have to make choices and they they were fighting over the corners. And he says, I'm not blinking. My eyes are wide open. So yeah, screw grandma and grandpa.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You, you, you're right you're definitely right about that you made some great points that is that is true you know he is a born killer essentially but um, at the same time that will not stop you know um let's say 10 groups of, of, of gang members coming together and chasing him down the block and you know yeah, catching him and, and and putting 22 holes in him. Like it, it won't stop that happening. Whoa, whoa, whoa! So, that,
2: that, it's true. He just has to learn how to work on yeah. that aim because we saw him power a little, a little off when he had some shootings.
1: <laughs>
2: Them shootouts between him, Ghost, and Tommy. The, the super friends. So yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah
0: I, I guess you know we'll see. Um, it's gonna be real. Why well, I can't wait for episode two because uh, after that, you know, I go out see what happens next because you know it seems like. The only like the only thing that can happen next is all out war, you know, okay. at this point, like so yeah, I can't wait to see what what path they take. But um this is where it. I'm gonna yes. uh, go, go ahead.
2: No, I can say I can tease that because I have seen it with my eyeballs.
0: Uh oh well, well don't do that yet, because you know okay. we, can, we don't let the listeners, you know, they, they might get able
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: But um but this is where I'm gonna open up and um you know let you guys if if there's anything else you wanted to mention specifically about you know the episode and everything um you know let it be known so richard do you have anything
1: uh i don't have too much to add i i will say again it was a excellent excellent first episode made me very eager to see what's going to happen next um Mm -hmm. The Buck 20 thing is going to have a lot of ramifications to Kanan, I feel like. Yes, he mentioned that was the first person he killed. But we also know that Buck 20 was the boyfriend of the girl that he has had a crush on since he was in elementary school. So I'm curious to see how that dynamic, you know, evolves now because he can go after her. You know, he made it he made it clear when they had that little scene where he was looking at her oh, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to stop going after her. So I'm curious to see what happens with that relationship as well. Um, but yeah, th- there's a lot of questions. And of course, once again, the family dynamic, the fact that we got an introduction to all of the family and we have a little bit, we have a good understanding of where their mindset is at right now. So I'm curious to see how this turf war changes that moving forward. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was an excellent uh, premiere episode. Uh, they did a fantastic job, and I can't wait to see what happens next week.
0: Indeed. And how about you, Dana? Anything specifically you wanted to bring up?
2: Can we talk about my favorite episode? And hope I got this one right. Is with a dog.
1: Oh yeah, the dog, the microwave. This <laughs> oh. scene
2: with this woman and this annoying little dog—they just both look annoying. Rest in peace, doggy. But that was the funniest thing i've ever seen and it also it kind of shows how observant uh raquel is you know i think that was the scene where you that was the part where they were supposed to get either i think a corner or drug the it was a club mm-hmm. what's with the club i think the continuing yeah, that's,
1: theme that's mm-hmm. what i was going to yeah i'm glad you brought that up because i i was curious if, if if y'all picked up on that the fact yeah. that they, they wanted to sell the product in the club i was like, hold on a second mm-hmm. that sounds familiar
2: it sounds weird. That's you know. It, that, it looked that, like
1: the exact same club. Like, is that true? Or <laughs> <laughs> it
2: was. Oh, well, basically, that whole thing with the dog was hilarious, and also with this actress. I have been watching her for a while now, and I didn't. If you tell me that she was in power, I would have thought, no, she doesn't fit in. It just, it just doesn't make any sense. But she just kind of fit in as being like that 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 girl. And it was just hilarious how everything went down with the dog. And again, that kind of shows, I don't want to say the cold bloodedness, but there's the hilarity of the whole situation and how annoying that she can be where she thinks that she has the upper hand right there with her quick little comebacks, but then no, the dog is now in the oven. And yeah, so rest in peace to the dog. But that was masterfully done.
0: Annalyn McCoy is her name so hilarious I I did like how they added that because one thing I've liked about Power is how it kind of fuses like um, the gritty you know um, gangster lifestyle with like the the glamorous um, you know city New York life and and everything so it, it really does clash you know the cultures in that way like you know the upper scale you know uh new york lifestyle with you know the the, the underbelly of new york with the the gritty gangsters and everything so i like how the show kind of fuses those worlds together um and you know characters like that is what really you know seals the deal on that so um,
2: and, and, and another thing no one mentioned was our good buddy mr epsom omar oh yeah, omar, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. he was back he came back he was uh He's the cop teaching that the, the, his white uh, rookie, the girl, she's learning everything. So we kind of already know she'll be more observant to it. We kind of see that he has a, a tie in with Raquel. You know, I'm tired of you like, coming to the house. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh no, I, I have a comment to make after you, you make your uh, point.
2: Right. So that was also after they, they guess they did the shoot up uh, where they was trying to kill Kanan. Um, I love how he just kinda came in and made his appearance and so for me we kinda know that his name is Malcolm Howard on the show. Um, and that he's kinda he's close to the mom, he has ties to her. and uh, but we kinda know that'll end up probably being the his I don't know what you call sidekick cops, co worker, co cop. Yeah. Um, she'll be the one that's gonna do some heavy investigating. So she is basically uh Maybe an Angela Vasquez in this situation? Valdez? Val, yeah, Valdez. It's been so long. I'm, sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. But, uh, yeah, she'll be one of those kind of things, or maybe she'll be, end up being, you know, someone who breaks the case, and you'll have that strained relationship between her and Malcolm.
0: Mm. I'm also wondering if, like, jukebox, um oh, actually, you go ahead first, Rich.
1: Oh no, I'm curious to hear what you guys say. I'll keep this brief. Uh, I'm glad that you mentioned that Dana because I, I, I like Omar Epps as an actor I, I I know he only showed up at the end of this episode but I I do want to add this point. I mm-hmm. like the points that you mentioned. I kind of get the feeling though this guy could be a corrupt cop though really? when I when I saw him and yeah. when I saw the the the, 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 the partner I actually thought training day. Right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I
1: was thinking. <laughs> and, and, and that's why I say, you know, we'll watch out for that character very closely because it's kind of like he, he has his ear to the ground a little bit too close. And I kind of would not be surprised if he's in it involved in this as, as well. So we'll see how that evolves. But, uh, yeah, I think it would be great to see him because I don't recall Omar F. playing a, 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 a villain or a bad guy in any of his older movies unless I have to go back and watch. So, we'll see if that's what his intentions are but i kind of feel like he's not just a squeaky a squeaky clean cop he does some dirty stuff as well so we'll see what exactly that means as the show progresses
0: yeah um and what i was going to say kind of bounces off that because i i do think he has he is a um you know um a, a crooked cop and I was wondering if this guy might end up influencing Jukebox Because that happens to her too So mm-hmm. you know, I'm wondering if there's going to be some sort of connection there um, at all
1: um,
0: mm-hmm. And, you know, also, you know, Omar Epps He was in Into Deep, right? With LL Cool J Yep
1: mm-hmm. so,
0: so this would be like the reverse thing Because in that movie, he was, you know, an undercover cop Trying to bust the kingpin, right? And in this, you know, he he's gonna be a dirty cop. So he, he's actually a cop, but he's he's dirty. So um, it would be interesting to see him play that dynamic in this. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, if that's everything, then- oh, um,
2: oh one more thing, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I just really have to applaud the acting and the writing. We got mm-hmm. actors who can act. We don't have to learn and grow with them. They're already there. They're on the page. They're putting out the words of the writers. Yes, we know what we're doing. So I like the elevation that the power universe is doing. I like how they are evolving. And and I like how we got something where we didn't have to play like that was kind of funny and it wasn't meant to be. But I I really like the level, yes.
1: And I also want to add to piggyback off of what you said, I love the new Power Universe logo because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting to see that. I was like, "Well, hold on, is this is how the show starts?" Uh, and by the way, the Fifty Cent song, thumbs up,
2: thumbs up. Yes, it it's was a, refreshing. The yeah. Yes, we Yeah, really I, li- refreshing.
0: I really, I really like the original song, the Kenny Burke uh, "Rising to the Top." It's like a remix of that. So, uh, so yeah, I, I love the, uh, I love the intro.
2: I'm just happy we got out of a big, rich town. <laughs>
0: and I still want to hear that, but only on the ghost one, like you know, the yeah, Power Book Two, you know. November, yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and also you know at this point we should also announce that um, you know raising Canaan has already been renewed for season two, mm-hmm. so you know that happened before episode one even aired, so um, yeah, great. Well great news and, and congratulations to the power team mm-hmm. and you know the BMF show is also you know that, that got revealed as well and I can't wait for that so yeah but um, yeah that's pretty much it um, for this episode so let's get into the shout outs um, you know that we have so I'll go to you first Dana
2: oh, shout out Shout out really quickly to Stars. They sent like a box of goodies. These like old school oh. CD. Like, remember fanny packs? Fanny packs and wow. like a box of like 90s uh, candies.
1: Wow, Pop
2: Rock I thought that was extinct, wow. I, didn't, I didn't even know that. And then like um some like old school, like hip hop books and stuff. So shout wow. out to them. Also, shout out to so
0: So you need my address,
1: right?
2: I need your address. (laughs) And I can (laughs) look, remember Polaroid cameras?
1: Oh, yeah.
2: I don't even know how to develop this. That's horrible. But like Polaroid stuff. So, yeah. So thank you to stars. And also thank you to everyone who is listening and now visually watching us. Mm -hmm. So thank you for checking us out. And also really quickly um, on the YouTube. We'll have it out when when we put up this video. We'll have all of the links that show the interviews between Sasha, Sasha Penn, the entire Kane family, the Kanan Stark, sorry, family, and also with uh, the actor who plays Kanan. So yeah, you can look forward to that and to more episodes that we will break down.
0: Awesome, and yeah, like props to you for, for doing all those interviews as well. Yeah. You know, like, Absolutely. So, yeah um rich any shout outs
1: yeah i i well I, i'm also going to say yeah props to dana because she had some excellent interviews you should definitely check them out uh i i want to take a, a minute to thank everybody that has supported the power cast through all this time uh i as dana mentioned you know it took us a while to finally get on video but uh it we we, we started doing this and i think it's been a great experience so far so we will continue to be on video uh, for the for the foreseeable future, but for those that have been supporting the show since day one, if you are still around, we appreciate your support, and uh, we look forward to hearing your thoughts from this episode as well as the other shows as we continue to cover them, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's great to be on video, and um, you know, if anyone comments on my ugly mug, um, I'm I'm deleting you, I'm banning you from the channel
2: forever.
0: <laughs> Don't even try it. <laughs> No, I'm, j- I'm joking but um yeah we i my shout out is i just want to give you know a shout out to all of the listeners who have continued to support the power pass you know over the last you know i don't know how many years it's been since we started because we, we we didn't start at power season one but um but yeah we've been doing this a, a good few years now and um the response has been great so I want to give a huge, um, shout out to all of the listeners who have continued to listen and support the show. Um, and I hope you do enjoy, you know, the new format of the show and everything and the visuals. Um, so yeah, thank you all. And, and a big thank you to Stars for allowing us to, you know, review the episode, um, early and everything and giving us access, um, you know, and for all the interviews and things like that. So, um, big shouts to the Stars team um And yeah that, that's that's pretty much it man um, That's episode one of power of uh, raising Canaan and our recap on the powercast. We will be back next week to recap episode two. So make sure you subscribe. Uh, you can also subscribe to the playlist and uh, we're also on iTunes and Spotify and uh, you know and you can go directly to the website at thecoalition.com Coalition with the K, you know, and we have a lot of different content on there. You know, we cover video games, we cover other TV shows, um, such as Loki. You know, we had a whole series <laughs> reviewing that show, you know. So, so yeah. you know, def- definitely stay tuned to, to what we got in store for you next, you know. Um, and we will see you all next week. Take care of yourselves, people.